Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. College football and college football betting podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at one Tim Murray. Tim, what side did you end up going with? Michigan. It was always Michigan. Um, it was always Michigan. Yeah, neighbor Nick just loved Washington. Said they, you know, he told me they were being disrespected. Um, so, you know, there's uh, there's no hard feelings in uh, in odds maker land. So, uh, no, it was, it was it was interesting to kind of, you know, I got asked that a couple times on a bunch of radio interviews about, you know, is Washington being slept on? Are they being underestimated? And look, this is a team that. One is a 10-point underdog against Oregon. Then one is a three-and-a-half-point underdog against Texas. And the line was four, four-and-a-half, and it kept getting bet up. And you looked around, and a lot of people believed that Washington would keep this thing close. And look, they had plenty of chances. Washington did to keep it close. I felt like last night, Michigan tried to keep that game competitive. They, they went away from the run game yeah. in that one. But, no, at the end of the day... Um, you know, Michigan's defense was the most superior side of the ball last night. Uh, Michael Penix was just a little bit off. And, you know, I said, I think I said it on your show and I said it on my show a bunch. I don't know if it's an apt comparison, but I felt like Michael Penix threw a perfect game against Texas. He was dynamic. He was hitting everything. He was pinpoint. And look, when it comes to baseball, not that it's this simplistic, but you don't throw back-to-back perfect games you don't throw back-to-back no hitters so he was a little bit off and he was getting hit and you know those just small little mistakes I think ultimately were or what kept them away from winning this championship it could have been a very different game I mean there were there were plenty of opportunities I felt like for Washington last night to uh to tie that game get that up yeah I felt like the most impressive thing that Michigan did was I felt like every time maybe their offense, like their offense would move the ball, it felt like, almost every possession. But they found a way to either kind of stall out, maybe they kicked a field goal. It felt like their offense kept Washington in the game, but their defense just buckled down every single time where Washington got the ball with a chance to go tie the game. It just, I never had any confidence. It's like, if they could have tied the game, maybe I would have felt differently. But even when it was 20-13 to 13 and Washington had the ball, I still felt like Michigan's winning this game by two scores. I, w- I wasn't that confident. Because well, I was I did- on the other side, so that makes you I, – yeah. I, I went neighbor Nick. Only – I went neighbor Nick not, not from the perspective of – I thought no matter which side I was going to be on, I was going to be wrong. I thought, if, <laughs> I thought if I took Michigan, I would sit there and go, I'm an idiot. I'm someone who loves quarterback play and talks about 
when you got guys that can throw the football on you vertically like they can, that they would have hit everything. And then I knew if I took Washington, I'd watch the first series and watch Michigan just drive it down their throat. And I, I, I just resigned myself to I was going to be wrong either way. Yeah, I mean, when it was – so I, you know, I, I was in uh, a couple contests here in town. Congratulations, uh, by the way. I saw it on Twitter. You. Thank you. Uh, so the other contests that were in, the NFL ones, did not fare all that well. But I was in one contest, which didn't have a ton of people in, uh, but it was uh, at the Golden Nugget, which is downtown Vegas for anyone who's been to Vegas. And you had to pick seven games every week. You could go pro or college, and obviously this week there was only one college game, so we went six pro, and then we picked the national championship game, and we were on Michigan. So uh, I had done the math, and I think we would have dropped to like 13th or 14th if Michigan didn't cover because a bunch of people had Washington, and you know ultimately uh, we were able to get there. But no, I mean, I felt like when Michigan didn't convert that fourth and three. Yeah, the, the little out pass that was late. Yeah, yeah, and it was 17 to 13, and then Washington goes down and scores and goes into the half down 17-10. I felt like at that point, Washington was going to win because I was like, all right, they're going to come out, they're going to script a great first half, first drive, and they're going to go score. Obviously, they didn't. They threw a pick. But even after the pick, Michigan just couldn't figure it out offensively until the fourth quarter, and you know JJ McCarthy hit. Um, who was it? It's the, the tight end. The, the tight end. Lady, is it Love yeah. Lady? Loveland, I believe. Loveland, yeah, yeah. He, He's he from zipped, Idaho, right? Zipped that one in there. He made the catch, and and that kind of got got it rolling again there uh, for for Michigan. But look, I, I think it was fair to say that Michigan had never faced an offense as dynamic as Washington this year, and. Washington hadn't faced a defense like Michigan's this year. And ultimately, Michigan obviously won that battle. And I do think if Dylan Johnson is 100% healthy, I, I do wonder how this game plays out because he's just a he's a really good pass protector. He gives you that element of, of being able to run. They couldn't run. I mean, they knew, Michigan knew that Washington could not run last night. Well, now, to your point, it felt like there were a couple of opportunities, and I'm not going to put this on Johnson. I think the kid was gutting it out. Like, I tipped my cap to him. But, like, and I think back, there were a couple of red zone moments where it felt like maybe if he were at 100%, there was enough daylight that maybe he could have made something happen. But I really think the biggest place that they missed him, missed him was it just felt like he was not able to be the pass protector that he yeah. that he needed. And I, I felt like... Penix, I know Herb Street was talking about it, and I felt the same way. Like Penix seemed like he was sped up the entire game, and I just wondered how much of Johnson, who is an elite pass blocker right next to him, how much that had to do with it. Yeah, and I mean the hits, I think they, they took their toll a little bit there on Penix. I mean, you saw that guy walking off the field last night. I mean, he looked like he had been through a war. I mean, he, you know, he was limping. He had his hands on his hit on his ribs. I mean, he was just getting you know, crushed by by Michigan, even though they didn't get home a ton, the pressure clearly was there, and 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 had ultimately you know gotten to Penix. And you know, I, I saw there were a lot of you know because it's it's funny because we react, and let's be honest, the majority of people watching the semis and the championship don't watch college football as closely as as you and I do, and as a lot of people listening to this show do. So. The Sugar Bowl might have been their first real 
shot of seeing Michael Penix. And you see this dude just zing, 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 you know, being precise. Oh, this is a top 10 pick. And then you see all the hot takes last night. Oh, he's cost himself millions of dollars. I, or he's just going to be a late first-round pick like he was always going to be with two torn ACLs, and, it's and he's 25, 25. years old. Yeah. You know, So he was never going to be a top-three pick. He was probably never going to be a top-ten pick. And I think he'll be a first-round pick. I think he'll be the fourth pick, fourth quarterback selected. Now, maybe Bo, I don't think Bo Nix will jump him, but we'll see. They're all going down to Mobile uh, in a month or so. But I don't think the Sugar Bowl made him a gazillion dollars, and I don't think last night lost him a gazillion dollars. I think talent evaluators, even though they mess this up all the time, I think they realize what he is, and they'll take those two data points and they'll move on with it. But I think ultimately Michael Penix is a solid quarterback, seems very smart, uh, knows the system that he was in, knew that system that DeBoer ran incredibly well, had elite wide receivers, He's precise, got a good deep ball. He's not very mobile, but he can move. He can move in the pocket uh, enough to to you know keep pressure away. But you know, I, I'm I'm curious to see you know as as after those first three quarterbacks of Williams, May, and Daniels, I think it'll be Penix. I'm not a talent evaluator, but that would be my guess. And then you've got you know Bo Nix, and I don't know if JJ McCarthy comes out. I'm sure I'm. Missing a one or two. No, I mean other those. Guys. Are, I mean those. The the. I think the guy that has actually made himself the most money this year is Daniels. Oh, by yeah, by by leaps and bounds. I, I think I think we're gonna have a conversation, and I, I I believe there will be a conversation of May versus Daniels. Yes, and I don't think it's an unfair conversation. No, because. You and I, like we talked about, like we also find ourselves watching a ton of like crappy ACC football. And I don't know what the reason was, but I just didn't think Drake had a great year this year. I I didn't either. And, you know, there's there's some people that I really respect that believe Drake May is on the level of Kayla Williams. And we also have other people, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Mike Sanford Jr., who, yeah. longtime offense coordinator, he joins my show on VSIN every week. And... He's like, I don't see it with Drake May. He's like, I, I, I don't see a guy that's elite uh, anywhere. Um, and, you know, so he, he's got a lot of the, the measurables, no doubt. But, you know, I, I think this is the next three months is going to be of the, the critique time. Oh, the and, nitpicking? And, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you look at, you know, kind of down the stretch for Drake May, and it's like, man, there's a lot to be desired there, right? I mean, he was awful against Clemson. He was not very good against NC State. They lost. I was gonna say, both you know, games. Uh, you you nailed. You know, a game that he was really not good in was NC State. He threw two picks. I mean, he's just you're. I mean, he ran for a hundred yards in that game. So we get into the the, the discussion too, because look, people are going to want to tear down Caleb Williams too because he had a bad season because he didn't win the Heisman again. He was unbelievable two years ago, and if he had left last year, he would have been the no-doubt number one pick. He, once again, folks, will be the no-doubt number one pick. I am pretty confident in saying that he's special. He just needs to work on, you know, the situation where he's 
he plays a little too much backyard football where he's running around and he had no defense. He didn't have a great offensive line. So he was trying to, he was pressing. He was trying to do too much this year, clearly. And I think that's what led to a lot of turnovers. But ultimately, I think it's Caleb going one. I think the fascinating discussion is what the Chicago Bears do. Uh, I still think at the end of the day, I think they trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams. That would be my guess as of January 9th. You know the thing about Williams this year? The knocks that I would have for him were not football-related. Like, I remember the remember the Oregon game? Like, that was kind of peak everybody down on USC. There's kind of the, the whispers. You didn't know if they were rumor. You didn't know if they were true of, like, eh, Caleb might opt out of the year. Right. Yep, yep. They went up to Autzen, and it was another one of those games where his offensive line, I still don't think they blocked a single person. And he just kept hanging in there. And, like, they never really threatened to win that game, but, like, he kept them. Like, they could have easily gotten blown out in that game. And he made so many throws and made so many plays that he kind of kept them in it. I, I just, most of my biggest problem with Caleb is, a lot of it feels like it feels like he's got like a uh, marketing team that's telling him like you need to say this, you need to do this. Like it, it just feels like it's a little too orchestrated. It's become a little too too corporate at this point. But it's like when I watch him play football, I don't really have as many questions about him being a football player as I do some of the other guys. Well, and I I think you you made you know sense of a lot of points and like look Notre Dame. That game was a disaster for him. Pretty fairly, you could say, worst game of his collegiate career. I mean, he yeah, threw I don't five, even think it's close. I mean, he threw five picks this year. Three of them came against Notre Dame. He also fumbled, I think, twice in that game. He was sacked six times. I mean, Notre Dame just kicked his ass. But, I mean, you have bad games. And, you know, you look at the, the, the last, let's just say, seven games of his career – Arizona, Notre Dame, Utah, Cal, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. He won two of those games. USC won two of those games. But he was sacked four, six, three, 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 four times. I mean, the offensive line did him no favors whatsoever. And he was, it felt like he was running for his life a lot. Um, so I, I still, I don't really have many doubts with Caleb Williams. Could he be a bust? Yeah, because everyone. You well, know, I mean, I think it's kind of the, can be. it's the other aspect about this, and it's I know it's not fun in our business, but like, hey, we all, first and foremost, you and I love football, and we like watching football. We care less about our career as we do, but just watching football. Like, how much of Patrick, like the knocks on Patrick Mahomes were he tries to do too much. He tries to do too much. He tries to do too much. Patrick Mahomes gets drafted by Andy Reid. He sits behind Alex Smith, and Lo and behold, he's like on and on. Do I like 1,000% believe there is zero universe in the world where Patrick Mahomes goes to a dreadful franchise and they ruin him, that that doesn't exist? I do not believe that. Like, I think that's entirely possible. Like, It's kind of what you just realize. A lot of this is not only like where you go in the draft, it's like where do you go to? Do you go to a functional franchise? Yeah, and I think that's... Like even take like take Josh Allen for instance, and I did not love Josh coming out of I didn't Wyoming. Either. Because I was wrong I just, on Josh Allen. I don't. I did not think you could just quote unquote teach accuracy. And like I remember the first time I and saw, and he wasn't for for two years. No. I thought I was. I was like, man, 
told you, because he could throw the football like Uncle Rico, you know, everyone's fawning over him. But he gets Brian Dable, he figures it out, and he makes a, a massive leap. So, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, I think we would have, uh, let's say Patrick Mahomes, I don't know. He went to Washington because I like to crap on that terrible franchise. Um, he goes to Washington. Would there have been flashes of brilliance? I bet you there would have. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I Yeah, it's a great question, you know. I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, you know, I think about this, and I know it's fun, and he has been awesome this year. C.J. Stroud. Everyone keeps doing the C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young thing. And again, if I'm betting today, who do I think has the better career? I know who I'm betting on, and it's C.J. Stroud. But there are a lot of people that like don't realize CJ and Bryce are from the same area in Southern California. They have been nitpicked since they were in high school as prospects. They were nitpicked as college prospects, and they were nitpicked through the draft. Every single time, everyone goes, they're both really good. We kind of like Bryce a little bit more. That's like seven years of evaluation. And do we know like if if CJ's on if CJ's on the Panthers? Are you sure that he's the rookie of the year? Because when I watch the Panthers, I'm like, man, there's just not a lot there. But CJ winds up being in a great situation. You got a new head coach that clearly looks like he knows what he's doing. They have an offensive system that really works for him. And they had some players around him. It's like, is he as is he is like for sure like dominant, like can't miss guy? M- maybe, but like at the same time, where you go matters. CJ Str- or uh um Bryce Young, I, I look, I don't know. I, I think it's too early to call him a bust. And well, like, think about it at this point. At this point, through, through what we had seen, everyone would have said, Jared Goff's a bust, Carson Wentz is a hit. Yeah. And I, I think C.J. Stroud, it was unfair with the, you know, the leaked, whatever that test was, S2 cognitive test or whatever it was, and... You know, I fell for it. I didn't think the the Texans were going to draft him because, you know, the draft is a very uh, who has the information type of deal, especially from a betting standpoint. And there were some folks in Houston who have been spot on with with how the Texans drafted that felt like he was not going to be the selection. So I ultimately lost a decent amount of money because C.J. Stroud went number two. But to your point, this was a franchise that had Nico Collins, drafted Tank Dell. Now, Tank Dell, do they know a third-round pick out of Houston would be, until he got hurt, this great? No. But you look at Carolina, and they had, I mean, their best receiver is Adam Thielen, like a a washed-up possession receiver. That they got off the street. So, I mean, and that's why when I look at the situation – of all these jobs that are that are that are available, I mean, I don't even think there's a, a debate that Carolina's the worst job. The only thing that Carolina has going for it is a division. Yes. The, the division is not very good and can be had in a pretty quick flip. Yes. But you don't have the number one pick. And you've got an owner who clearly wants to fire anybody in his sight. So and metal. <laughs> I mean, and then you look around. I mean, you look around at the jobs that are available. I mean, I could make a, a pretty good, intriguing case for a bunch of them. Like, as much as Washington, 
you know, my hometown team has been a dumpster fire. Well, number one, Dan Snyder is gone. So that is a huge boost for them. Number two, they got the number two overall pick. Number three, they've got a ton of cap space. And they actually have some intriguing players on the roster. So you could get a new quarterback. I think Josh Harris will probably give you a long rope as the new owner. Then you've got the Chargers, who you've got an owner who, let's just say, is... uh, Notoriously cheap? Yeah, there we go. Uh, But you have Justin Herbert. You have the Raiders. Raiders, eh, we'll see. But you have, I think, you know, where I live, it's a pretty attractive place for maybe free agents to come to Las Vegas. You do get to play in the AFC West, which is a challenge because arguably the greatest quarterback ever to walk this earth is still in that division. But they look a little down right now. So it's 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 fascinating. And then you got Chicago. If that comes open, I mean, that's going to become really appealing. So with the Mike Vrabel news today, I do wonder if there's a domino that falls like, oh, crap, Mike Vrabel's available? Okay, we got to fire our coach. Is it Chicago? Is it, dare I say, his alma mater? I don't think so, but, you know, crazier things could happen. I would be stunned if Rabel wants to go to college football I would the way that it is right now. He wants to go to New England. That seems to me. Now, like, the one thing that surprised me, like, Rabel not coaching the Titans this coming year did not surprise me. The fact that it was announced as a firing did surprise me. But I guess if, like, if I know it's fun to make fun of the Titans because they do have, they have plenty of examples of being inept. And, and I, I, I would not defend that. I do think, though, there's a scenario where you're like, okay, we know Vrabel wants out. Let's let him out. We fire him because you don't want to wind up in this situation where, okay, you're trying to trade Vrabel. You're trying to trade Vrabel to the Patriots or wherever he wants to go. And then you wind up too far behind in the whole, you know, coaching carousel. That's more of a college move than it is an NFL move. But, like, I can see a universe where some scenario that resembles that is actually in play. Yeah. So. Because I can tell you this. Vrabel has made no secret that he has wanted out this year. Yeah. For for a while. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that, it did surprise me to read fired. Now, does that mean that, the like, I don't know. I mean, the Titans have been fickle at times, but it's like, I, I could see where that was a, an actual mutual parting of the ways, but really, like, they, they get to announce that it's a firing so that that way it makes it look like that Vrabel just didn't force his way out. Yeah. I, I, but with the Titans, there's always the, I don't know, maybe they did. I mean, what? I Look, you guys, you know, live it more than I do down there, but I just, like, what's a better option than Vrabel? What, I guess I would phrase it this way. It's not necessarily what's a better option than Vrabel, but is there a better option than unhappy Vrabel? Yeah. No, and... And, and I got to tell you this. I find it hard to believe that, like, Vrabel's all in Levis train because, and again, he's a rookie, and he's young, and he does have, like, he's got some gifts. But I still can't get out of my head. Their two best performances the last, you know, two months are the two games that Tannehill started offensively. Yeah. I mean, they 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 took it to Jacksonville, man. Oh, I mean, Derrick Henry looked like vintage Derrick Henry. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, uh, that it's it, it. This feels like a full on teardown. No, right? It like, should be. Derrick Henry's gone. Is he under contract? Or is he's he gonna, technically a free agent. Yeah. 
I mean, he, when you take the mic to say goodbye, like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. All Number right. seven overall pick, so it would be hilarious if they went quarterback. <laughs> Three straight years, third, second, first round as a quarterback. I don't think they will, but that would be fun. Uh, I mean, possible. It, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, are they going to bring in a new front office, whatnot? Because Vrabel became de facto GM. But you mentioned, so you got also in your contest, we got Super Wild Card Weekend. Always, yes, always one of the thanks be to the commish for for. Taking Wild Card Weekend and making it super. All right, let's. I'll, let's. I wanted to start here. If you're the Lions, this is disaster scenario, right? Oh yeah, because no. the Rams like have been playing pretty good football. And you got, and you have the chosen son coming coming back. back. Now, I did think Big Cat from Barstool pointed out, I it probably is better than having the Packers come in and beat you, but yeah, it's still. I don't know. I guess the one thing it, that's a little curious to me, is that line still back to three and a half? No, the hooks got scooped up today. Okay, because it was, I was like, well, maybe if you're a Lions fan, like, the fact like, that they were moving it to three and a half, it's like, yeah, that, that's good. That's a key number in the NFL. But, man, that that game just screams to me, like, take the Rams. It does. Yeah, I know. And I think it'll be a pretty popular dog if I had to, if I had to guess. I think, yeah, I think they'll be pretty popular. Um but uh, that I mean, I tell you what, man. For for wild card weekend, usually we've got at least like one game. You're like, ugh, I don't really want to watch that. I guess that's Cleveland Houston, but I'm intrigued by that game. I, I think that's that game I could think, be fun. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got Joe Flacco who's just gonna zing it around. He'll probably throw at least two picks, but he'll throw a couple big touchdowns. He'll probably uh, have the best throw you've seen in the playoffs in addition to those two picks. Yeah, I mean, and then you've got. You know, Stroud playing well. You've got this fun young team in, in Houston. You've got Kansas City on, on a streaming network. Awesome. Um, Thanks be to the commission. Uh, Pittsburgh-Buffalo, I guess, would be the I, – I still can't believe Pittsburgh made the playoffs. That is wild to me. Shout um, out to the Jags. And then Tampa-Philly, I guess, is kind of I, like – That's eh. the game That's the game that I have highlighted as the – when we talk about, like, what's the one game where you're I like, was surprised. Ugh. I was surprised they put that on Monday night. So – I mean, I know Tampa was on it last year, but they had Tom Brady last year. It's like Baker Mayfield and a, fall, a fledgling Philly team who has lost five of six and just got curb stomped by the Giants to close out the season. The it's only like, problem that I have with with ever I'm like because I was like you when I first saw that I was like why Monday night I just don't know how does the how does the TV picking go I have no idea I really don't because you know like it's at least at least it's simple for us in college we just know like all right well the conferences have their TV deals and like the networks get to pick their number one like number two it surprised me that that was going to be the Monday night standalone game but my default was I'm assuming ESPN didn't get their first pick. No, no, I don't think they did. Um, How do you think the Swifties are going to do trying to figure out Peacock? They'll probably be better than us. Well, you no, think, no, you, you and, I, that, no, you you and think, I have got to be good because you, you had to watch Notre Dame on it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think the Swifties probably are more adept to uh, Peacock than, you know, some uh, some 60-year-old dude being like, what? Streaming service? Well, I thought I got the plus. I thought plus was what I needed. Then they told me I needed YouTube TV. I got that. I mean, I, I've been furious with this Peacock situation because every, you know, every year Notre Dame has one 
you know, Peacock it was like, exclusive. It was like Toledo. Then it was this year. <laughs> Your this Mac year game. was uh, yeah. This year was Central Michigan. I'm like, really? This is the way. But uh, this is testing that theory. They had the Bills game on. Uh, was that? It was the it was the Christmas. Was the Chris, I can't. It was the it was the Chargers December twenty third game. game. Yeah. And now you've got a playoff game exclusively on Peacock. That is wild. But they had the whole Thursday night. I mean, situation exclusively on Peacock. The only thing that I that I uh, picked up on is, you know, I was shopping for Christmas because I usually just watched it, you know, on my TV. Yeah. And I had Amazon up. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to buy something. And there's the NFL game just like in the corner of my Amazon page. Oh, no, like, that's why they wanted the Black Friday game. I know. Smart. Well, it's smart, but there does come a point like, are we ever going to like actually like lock arms and band together and decide like no more, or is it just going to be like the same? Because to I me, mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, the the worst thing about the streaming only is like is the college basketball thing, right? College basketball is the is the ultimate flip through sport. So when Purdue is playing Maryland on Peacock only, like I'm not going to Peacock. Like I, I go to my guide and I scroll up and down. I'm yep. like, that game, that game. For the NFL, like I'm sure this Miami Kansas City game will break every Peacock record through the roof because it's by itself, and that's why Thursday Night Football, while it stinks that it's on Amazon, at least it's for an NFL game by itself, right? Yeah. You, you're, you're it's not going to work if you throw a, you know, a random one o'clock Eastern game on a streaming service. This is not going to work because people are watching Red Zone. They've got their local Fox and, and CBS affiliate on. This is not going to happen. But like the big fail, in my opinion, on these streaming services for like college hoops or even I think they tried to do it with um, they did it with uh, that terrible Iowa Northwestern game at Wrigley Field. Oh, yeah. That was Peacock exclusive. I'm like, nobody is going to watch this game at 3.30 Eastern on Peacock. Well, once I heard that it went to like three, to, it went to the half at three to nothing. I had to at least check it out. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, what? You've got a second half point total of thirteen total points. Yeah, I'm going to get in on this. Oh man, no hook. Yeah. All right, buddy, we appreciate it. As always, man, appreciate it. That is Tim Murray, of course, of Vsin, the College Football Betting Podcast, as well as the College Basketball Betting Podcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.